Hello, filmmakers. You are very, very welcome to another episode of F and I Rap Chat. Uh, so, first of all, I'd like to just give a shout out to uh, a former guest, um, number seventy. If you go back to listen to Kieran Cassidy, he talked about his film, his feature documentary, Jihad Jane, and that film is in cinemas right now. It's getting rave reviews. Uh, got a four-star review in Empire, uh, and it's in cinemas around the country. So if you can get out and see it, uh, it's definitely worth making the trip. I saw it at the Galway Film Fla uh, during the summer, and uh, it's just a crazy story um, of terrorism that all links back to uh, a town in Waterford. Um, and yeah, it kind of says a lot about the internet. Uh and um yeah just the kind of how easy it is to get radicalized uh yeah it's a really impressive piece of work and uh Kieran is such a such a nice man and such a uh such an amazing filmmaker um you might be familiar with one of his shorts um or a couple of his shorts did very well uh internationally uh probably his most most famous being uh Peter Bergman so um the last days of Peter Bergman um, so yeah number 70 if you want to go back and listen to that one um, yeah we also want to give a shout out to uh, FNI and the big event that's coming up at the end of this month on the 28th of February so big networking uh, event on Camden Street at the Five Lamps uh, venue there and Paul has put together a panel to talk about uh, the focus making focus shorts for the uh, Screen Ireland um, so he's got Gary Duggan, Jesse Fisk and Brendan Canty uh, to talk about that so it should be a really really good night, uh, a few pints, some pizza all that sort of stuff um, and yeah so I want to talk about our guest today so uh, the guys from Pu- Bold Puppy um, Nathan and Luke uh, really really good guys, uh, we had a brilliant chat with them uh, very exciting. They have a film, their short film uh, is premiering at Diff. Um, so if you check out the website there, uh, they have a trailer which looks amazing. And also there was a big article in the journal today, uh, or this week, um, of the title, Why Are So Many Irish Men in Crisis? Flick, Flickr Film Director Explores Irish Masculinity. So if you check that ar- article out and uh, if you can make it along to the film, um, so yeah, let's go to uh, Nathan Fagan and Luke Daly. Nathan Fagan and Luke Daly, uh, better known as Bull Puppy or Luna, is that right? Correct, yeah. Together, the uh, directing duo with Luna and uh, the Bull, uh, Bull Puppy is the production company that we run. Okay. Um, and that produced the flick of the short film that we worked on. Right. Tell us a bit about Bull Puppy, uh, when you set up, why you set up and the kind of work that you do and want to do. Uh, we set up about uh, eight, nine years ago now. Um, it kind of f- set up because we we I was working with a friend of mine in uh, editing editing studio, and um, we got the opportunity to do a six part crime series called Crimes That Shook Ireland, and uh, we decided to set up Bold Puppy as a production company to take on the job. It kind of transpired that there wasn't that much money to do the job. Uh, there was like a budget of about 8,000 euro. Oh. It was for TV3. TV3, TV3. I remember hearing about this, yeah. <laughs> so it was a kind of, it was a hilarious uh, mixture of calamities and mistakes that got us through it, but we learned a lot. The, the crimes that shook budgets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it was a kind of a, yeah, it was, a, it was definitely, we cut our teeth on that, pro- that, that, that experience anyway. And then from there, we kind of started getting into music videos and um, corporate videos, stuff like that, trying to pay the bills. Obviously, yeah. I'd done a couple of short films. Um, and then about three years ago, uh, I was working on a p- project and I met Nathan. Um, and we actually, actually started, uh, we kind of produced a documentary together called uh, Through the Cracks. Um, what was that about? 
Yeah, so <laughs> Through the Cracks is... Uh, Hiya, Nathan. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> through the Cracks is uh, a short documentary um, kind of exploring the experiences of homeless mothers and their families. Um, so predominantly mothers and their children living in emergency accommodation. So, yeah, we had met um, kind of... Actually kind of strange that we... I think we'd met before and mm. worked together before on like a couple of editing projects. But... Um, we a group of activists came together and they wanted to make a documentary with the kind of intention of getting the real voices of some of the people that have been affected by the housing crisis into the media in particular kind of it was the, the people that they kept meeting were mothers single mothers with kids and stuff like that so we kind of said you know i'd made a number of short documentaries over the years and like been kind of working in documentary and then yeah basically they invited both of us together and then we decided well why don't we try co-direct it and um yeah, I, kind of the goal with the film was really, it wasn't ever a kind of a film festival film. It was we wanted to release it directly online, right. get it shared around, um, and also try to like get some of the kind of the uh, like the newspapers and some of the broadcasters to kind of take notice and maybe get some interviews for some of the mothers. So yeah, it actually all worked out pretty well. Um, yeah. yeah. So when we released the film, um, <coughs> sorry, when we released the film, um, we did a big kind of press. I guess like we had a kind of press strategy around it as well so we released it online and then we were kind of it was getting shared and getting views and we had a couple of people like sort of I guess kind of musicians and things like that reshare it so Codeline and stuff like that so that kind of got it spread around a little bit mm. but then also um, the Irish Times Kitty Holland one of the columnists for the Irish Times she wrote a piece on film and interviewed some of the mothers and then it was on Virgin uh, Media News and it was on RT radio, so they were interviewed on the radio and stuff. So yeah, it kind of it really did what we wanted it to do. And um, did you learn a lot in terms of getting the message of a film? <laughs> get like the the marketing side. Yeah, and you learned a lot from that. Yeah, project. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. I think it was kind of interesting because obviously, sure, you, you know, you you guys have made documentaries yourselves, so <laughs> you kind of you know, if you're an independent filmmaker, you do a lot of that stuff yourself. But this was a little bit different in that it was kind of seeing how effective a press strategy would actually be. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was interesting. We actually got a very quick, quite strong response. And then kind of funnily, very surreal, actually, in the end, we were invited to the doll to screen it um, by uh, oh, no, for Assembled TDs yeah. um, before the motion of no confidence for Owen Murphy. So oh, that wow. day, so everyone was there as well. Was right. that just a coincidence? No. Oh, no, no. So <laughs> Owen O'Brien from Sinn Féin, he, I'm not sure how he kind of was aware of the film, but it was, you know, there was a couple of pieces about it in the media at the time. So it was definitely on people's radars. And then... Hot topic. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, so it was, that was kind of concurrently happening. Um, so like politically, obviously there was kind of, you know, he was in the doll trying to kind of uh, pull forward this motion. So they had it screened. In the AV room, actually, right before it, but um, we had we brought. Did you get into that us. lovely, lovely, lovely doll bar? No, we didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> we missed the bar. Um, we actually brought um, two of the mothers with us to the doll, and they spoke um, and told their experiences, which was pretty powerful. Mm. As well. So yeah, I don't know. I think it was it was actually a overall it was a pretty good experience. Yeah, I think we felt that the mothers uh, hadn't really been represented with the mothers who've been living in hubs and temporary accommodation, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, we Ingrid Casey, kind of, uh, who's a kind of artist, poet. She got in contact with us and she wanted to produce something on uh, the situation. And we th- we thought that it would be interesting to give the mothers a voice, but also the children. Mm-hmm. So we didn't. No, no one is visible in the documentary. We only used voices and uh, kind of then did reenactments with actors that were kind of like you know ambiguous kind of shots around the streets and stuff like that. We're using. Actors that we uh, could find, we had no money to do it, obviously, so there was a lot of favours. But it was, I think, powerful just hearing the kids' voices and their experiences, um, being kind of unaware of the situation they were in, but also alluding to how it was affecting their lives through things that they would say. So, you know, just even like kind of dropping in at how they can't have their friends over to the, the hotel anymore, just mm. kind of like sort of things, but... Yeah. Affecting what time they go to bed, things exactly. like that, noises and corridors. Exactly, yeah. you know, what was that noise? Yeah. Kind of stuff and and then mental health. So it was kind of funny when we when we started to actually make the, uh, get the interviews and record the interviews. We kind of realised that one of the obvious angles with the film was going to be it was about the mental health consequences for the mothers and kids. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things is a lot of this is what they're finding as well. The studies mm-hmm. are kind of showing as well in uh, with kids in these kind of situations is uh they 
seem to like all start of being like very deeply affected by anxiety. They actually regress a lot developmentally. Really, um, it's yeah, it's like it's bedwetting. Massive. Yeah. Loads of kids start to wet the bed. Really, wow. kids who hadn't wet the bed before, but then they're eight years old and they're starting to wet the bed, and. Uh, they're only finding this out now because it's the product of what's happening over the last few years. So yeah. as the studies go on and they're releasing more and more, they're finding more and more data about what's happening and wow. the, the implications of what's going on. I guess to uh, a degree it's kind of post-traumatic stress, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I suppose even though the parents might be trying to shield the children from the situation, they're kids are constant kids are stress. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're going to be absorbing that yeah. stress and anxiety at all times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, It's we, kind of similar to the direct provision in that like, mm. you're only... You only find out how damaging absolutely these yeah. are years later. That's crazy. Yeah, we actually did a we did an ad for a television ad for on Pasta Christmas just gone past, and it uh, kind of was similar uh, in its style as the documentary mm. that we had made. Um, it was about how it affects mothers and children in temporary accommodation during Christmas, or families who are living in temporary temporary accommodation over Christmas, and they're kind of the sort of uh, barriers that they come up against around Christmas time particularly so one thing that we felt we had to interview another mother uh, about her experience at Christmas so we used her voice again dramatised it it was a short 30 second piece so it was kind of hard to condense their experiences Mm. into 30 seconds but um, we like one of the simple things that she was saying was like hiding Christmas presents (laughs) in the hotel room so you're in the hotel room or you're in a hub yeah. You've gone out, you're trying to find the time to do the shopping, but then you're also trying to uh, see where you can put the Christmas presents, what time you can put them out, because you're in the same mm. room, you're living in the same room. Yeah, you can't hide them under a bed in no, a hotel, can no, you? No, no. no. Imagine, imagine your whole life in a room as well. Like, <laughs> when you see how cluttered these rooms are, it's pretty shocking. Yeah, it's awful. I think people, there's a misconception, I think, that people, you know, you hear people are living in hotels, and some of the hotels are quite, they're, they're you know, they're four-star hotels, some of these hotels, but... Mm. It, the reality is very different to yeah, yeah you've got your whole imagine. life there. you wouldn't live in <laughs> no you don't no. live in a hotel no. yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah the one the heart, kind of heartbreaking thing that kept coming up I think is like like kids asking uh, how Santa was going to come like mm. you know is Santa going to be able to find us here or is Santa that's kind of illustrated in the um, in the ad that we did but yeah so I mean we yeah we did a, we've done a bit of work around the homelessness now But what, what year was that documentary that documentary came out the year before last, right? Two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how do you find kind of switching between you've a bit, a lot more time to explore a, a topic in that, and then you just mentioned like the unpost, like how much time goes into like the edit on something like that, and into actually condensing? Is it? Do you find it? Is it harder to make those really short projects? Like ads, and like things ads, like that? and that. Yeah. I guess it's the pre-production, really, isn't it? Yeah. The structuring, mm-hmm. like with the documentary, you're kind of going out and finding, yeah. seeing what happens. As you know yourselves, you'd have no idea how it's going to unfold. You can try and structure it a bit at the start and mm-hmm. aim to kind of put it in those parameters that you've created. But a, a, a lot of the times, it, you'll start going down a different route or a rabbit mm-hmm. hole that someone's going to say. It's a, Rub- a Rubik's cube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Nathan was editing through the cracks for for, ages. <laughs> for a while because we had so much interview footage and so much stuff that we wanted to get in, and we yeah. thought that was important to to get in. But like stuff had to get, you know, like yeah. all the time, yeah. stuff has to get left on the cotton room floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were also like, trying to make sure that it was short enough to capture an online audience. So yeah. that was kind of breaking <laughs> my heart a little bit because the original cut was definitely longer, but we kept kind of going right well. You know, I think it was about what ten minutes yeah, at the end, which I think was was right. Yeah, I mean, people were trying to tell us to make it into a three minute film, and we were like, "Well, look, I mean, there's yeah. no point in putting something out there that actually doesn't do justice to the nuances of the situation." Mm. Like, I understand trying to get viewers and try to raise awareness, but at the same time, it's like there has to be enough depth for it to actually land. You know, so. well, it has to have its own narrative, right? yeah, as well, yeah. and you can't jeopardize that. You yeah, to keep your artistic integrity as well. Mm. Yeah. Which brings me to a new question. Uh, what about the differences between dealing with clients, for example, mm. on an ad job, and then you, I guess <laughs> you being your own client? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find, without naming any names, and and you know I'm not looking for derogatory remarks or anything, but how does that different differentiate that way of working either side of it? Clients are lovely, aren't they? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a mixed bag of experiences. I mean we've only really been getting into commercials the last what, two years? Yeah. So we've done a few, and we're still kind of, I mean, that's still kind of 
part of our career path, but we're still, I guess, doing on, in, on the ladder to try to do bigger ones, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is uh, interesting in itself. But I don't know. I mean, sometimes some clients have been, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Like you meet kind of some people who have actually quite good feedback and are quite clued into what they're doing. And then it's a complete opposite. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely a completely different uh, working process. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard to even. <laughs> I guess we, you, you, I think as we've had a little bit, I think <laughs> as we've gotten more experience with it, though, you do find at the start you were probably we were probably a little more um, timid mm-hmm. um, and kind of just accepting what the what we were being, being told to yeah. do, yeah. And rather than having the sort of creative freedom to push it in the direction we thought it should go, uh, but as we've kind of been dealing with clients a lot over the last like we've de- been dealing with clients for years but yeah. they just get like the budgets just get bigger do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. and when the budgets gets bigger the, the control gets less you know? <laughs> so um, but um, yeah I think like we're finally we're finding our feet with that and uh, yeah I mean it's it, like Nathan said it's been a, a mixed bag of experiences so yeah uh, well it's the dream when you get a, a creative client right where yeah, you know, totally. they actually know what they're talking about mm. as opposed to mm. you know somebody sitting in the corner with a Danish mm. going I did a bit of filmmaking yeah. you mm. know kind of mm. thing but yeah and like you haven't done a lot of music videos as well that, yeah, that so can be interesting we've done a lot of music videos yeah. and dealt with a lot of labels so that's a whole other yeah, right. it's kind of similar but very different personalities <laughs> like it's fine it's a lot it's a, uh, I know from doing music videos myself, there's a lot of, well, I don't want to say vanity, but yeah. the image is a big thing for. Absolutely, yeah, of course. So you, you're coming yeah. up. Against, did, you, did you find you were coming up against that? Yeah, I mean, well, that's definitely, and it makes sense. So, like with labels as well, and you know, so you have the artist who obviously they have one idea about what their image is, the kind of <laughs> their, st- you know, uh, what their kind of voice is, and then the label obviously have their own ideas about that, and then the label and the artist are doing this weird dance around mm-hmm. each other where they're trying to not really say outright what, you know, their goal, like their intentions are. Right. And then we weirdly then get commissioned and have to get in the middle of that, which is kind of funny. And then we try to do what we want, but not, but you don't always get to do what you want. <laughs> mythic shot, fucking mythic shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there, I've, watched, I've seen a lot of your videos, is there anyone that you're particularly proud of? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah, some, we did some good stuff last year. I think like it's the, the one, the smaller ones are the ones that we kind of, funny enough, like are, some of the ones that we enjoy more like I, I, I don't know I wouldn't say that like we yeah it, it's definitely again a mixed bag but uh no I guess like when it, a lot of the the smaller budget based ones yeah, have actually yeah. been ones where we've had complete creative control mm. and mm. that's been nice and like yeah. you're dealing with you're not you're not getting paid for it you're doing it because you want to try and put some visuals on the screen that kind of inspire you uh, and you think work well with the song or you're able to tell a story that you wanted to tell for a while We've approached some artists. We worked with Kit Philippa last year, did three videos for them. Um, and uh, it was great. It was it was yeah. brilliant. They were really, really easy to work with, mm-hmm. really accommodating. They trusted our vision and kind of just said, yeah, go off and do your own thing. And those were the projects, I think, that we walked away from last year, having felt kind of yeah. that we'd... We're proud uh, of those. We're proud yeah. and we, that we'd put, put out something that was in line with um, our voice, Basically, and I guess that's what something that over the last few years has been kind of interesting because we've only been working together for a couple of years. But trying to find our own voice mm. uh, has been challenging, but uh, because you don't often get the opportunity to explore it. So, I mean, like <laughs> Gavin James, we did a Gavin James last video last year, and he's a legend. I love him, but uh, we had <laughs> to do this video. It's just not our style at all. But we want we wanted to work with Gavin. He's a great artist. It was a great opportunity, and. It was to, he wanted to start in Temple Bar, um, uh, the Temple Bar, uh, Temple Temple Bar pub, yeah, on, um, what's that street called? Uh, Not Crow Street, uh, but anyway. Right in the middle of Temple Bar. You know, it was was Eamon Doran's. It was Eamon Doran's. You know, Eamon Doran's. So now it's the Temple Bar. It was his, it was his idea. So he had this kind of vision of like. Like a one shot kind of video. where He's a Pied Piper kind of character. (laughs) So he, Gavin James got his start kind of playing, busking around Temple Bar. And he used to play gigs, small gigs in that pub. So he kind of wanted to do this thing where it was like. Coming home. Yeah, coming home. Yeah. a little bit and uh, so it would start yeah like he'd be playing a small gig and no one's listening to him in the pub and he'd walk out on the street and then all these different characters would meet him and start following him and then it'd end in Meeting House Square 
So if you build it, in theory, yeah. in theory, it's simple. In, pra- in practice, it was really difficult. Because <laughs> yeah. so we tried to do it as a one We We did stitch an editor two in there because it was too difficult. But it was a logistical nightmare, yeah, <laughs> to it be was, honest. It was. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. Because you can't close down Temple Bar, right? No. Uh, so sorry. we got, yeah, yeah. It was a big crew as well, though. Yeah. It was kind of funny. It was like that Steadicam operator. We, had, we decided to... This was our big mistake as well. Cobblestones, like, cobblestones. Yeah. We should have done it on a smaller camera. Yeah, steady cam. Oh, on a gimbal. On a gimbal, yeah. So instead we decided, right, we'll flash the red on a big zoom lens um, and get a steady cam up. And that steady cam up, like he said, by the end, he looked yeah. like he was about to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he actually, he, his he, legs he, were like... Fair play to him. His legs were shaking. Uh, yeah, his shit. calves, like, they were swollen and... Uh, <laughs> He, oh, I at one so. point, at one point, I like, I turned to him. I was like, "Do you want to?" Because the D, the DOP was Kev, Kev Minogue, who we work with a lot. And uh, at one point, I turned to Kev. I was like, "Maybe you should take the steady cam off." And he looks like he's about to collapse. But he's like, "No, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." Fair play to him. He did it. I'd say he probably couldn't walk for about a week after that shoot. But uh, I felt like giving him a massage afterwards. But it might have been a bit inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how did it all start for both of you uh, in terms of filmmaking? Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, well, yeah, we kind of lost track of the story of Bull Puppy and Luna and all that. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, like I started out making mostly short documentaries. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of, and I kind of always had an eye on doing narrative stuff. But, like, and I think a bit like yourselves, probably, like, kind of. When you're beginning, docs are good because you kind of, if you're like, right, well, financially, this seems a little bit more achievable and mm. I can just go out and kind of do it myself. There's no, you don't need permission no. to go and make a doc. No, I just go and yeah. do it. No, and so that was the big thing. It was like, I had no idea, really. So I actually, I have a master's in philosophy. Right. <laughs> and I was about halfway through my master's. I was actually thinking about becoming a philosophy lecturer. A PA, I was going to do a PhD. What's I was in it, London. What, what's it all about? Yeah, that's. Mm. That, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. Since, You're since perfect. Then. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's grand. So I was about halfway through that, and I was like, "What? What? What am I actually doing there?" Like, I was like, "I'm not actually going to spend the rest of my life sitting in the library." So I did. Yeah. So I kind of realized, and I probably would have made a terrible lecturer. So uh, yeah. So that was just I like I don't know. You're really charismatic. Yeah, and yeah. Confident. So. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I kind of. I always loved film yeah. and like it's i think i just for i think in my head for a long time i was like it's not accessible to me i was just like well, there's no way i'm ever gonna be able to make films so i decided anyway to start making docs and then so i made a short doc <coughs> called um so i made a short doc called fallen bird um a good few years ago um just kind of profile on a guy who just got out of prison who became an artist who was trying to start his art career and he kind of he, he'd kind of rediscovered painting while he was in Mountjoy. And um, yeah, and then kind of nicely got a bit of encouragement when um, the IFI uh, screened it at their Stranger in Fiction and then I won the Audience Award. So it was kind of a nice wow. encouragement. I was like, okay, right, well, maybe I actually, maybe I'm all right at this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, made a couple more docs. After that, I made a short documentary at home, uh, like about a year later, which played in similar, did a good few festivals and uh, screened at Guth Gaffa as well and won an award at Guth Gaffa. And yeah, and then kind of, I think I went off to Canada to try to make a documentary about my strange father, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe I, towards the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was quite intense. And then when I came back, I kind of we started working on the, the homeless doc. And yeah, I'd never really made any music videos or anything like that. I think I dipped my toes in a little bit, but I've been writing a lot of scripts over those years and kind of never got around to making any. So we just kind of made our for, first uh, narrative short there. As you always known each other kind of growing up no <coughs> no. no um no we in the last few years yeah um it's kind of weird as well because I, like i i don't think either of us had planned on becoming like working as a duo no. but i didn't um, expect to fall in love yeah so exactly yeah. it's so hard and so quickly yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck yeah. with each other now yeah you're the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but you so you had been running poor puppy yeah, yeah 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 so um i started off uh, i went to Similarly to Nathan, I'd always wanted to make films, but didn't, you know, I kind of always had ideas about what I wanted to do, make and the kind of stories I wanted to tell. But, and I did a, an arts degree initially. Um, looking back now, it's probably a bit of a mistake. But I, then I got into uh, Houston Film School in Galway and did a master's in film production and direction. 
and my final year piece uh, was called Skin and got into uh, Cork Film Festival, which was uh, the story about a kind of uh, Roma guy um, who moved to Dublin and uh, how he was his family were kind of accosted. It was a true story. Uh, well, guy we met when we were doing a documentary, and as I was chatting to him, got to know him. Uh, he was a great guy, um, Johannes, and he. Uh, I decided to make a film about his experience, um, dramatizing it. So um, we shot that and shot that around Dublin, um, and that was that was an amazing experience. And I got into Cork Film Festival and kind of got a special mention. And I thought, oh, this is pretty easy. I could just go out and make something. Like I'm just going to make films now, but. Um, <laughs> After that, I kind of made it. I just realised that I needed to kind of make money, you know. So I mm. um, was on the dole for a while. and uh, High five. Yeah. Making, uh, making music videos. Council. Yeah. Yeah. Making yeah. lots of music videos that didn't really pay anything, but it was still it was good good experience. Started working a lot with Walking on Cars, um, which was but great. They, were, they would have been coming up. Exactly, yeah, and which yeah. was a great time to kind of, link up with them because then I started getting budget as they got bigger they started getting more money and they were actually they were great to work with because they're really tr- trusting in uh, my vision and our hours but we mm-hmm. did a couple of music videos with them last year and um loyalty is the only currency that really matters right? absolutely absolutely and like the ability to be able to talk to the artist and kind of explain what you have in in mind and for them to be really receptive to it or be straight up and be like no we actually don't like that and Rather than kind of him and hiring about something, but it's more, it's like a direct line of communication. And I think that works way better because a lot of the times you're having to go through a commissioner who's then going to the label, who's then going to the artist. And your message, very often, you know, you'll write some of the best ideas we've come up with have never actually been put in front of the artist, mm-hmm. you know? So being able to talk to the musicians directly just helps so much. But so I got lucky because, um, they were coming, they were getting quite big at that stage. So we did one music video where um yeah, and like they had a lot of resources down in Kerry, so I was doing a lot of filming down in Kerry and um they they had a video called Speeding Cars and I got to film get a quad bike and a horse out on a beach and stuff like that, which is great crack. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean I, when you're standing there doing it, you're like, This is what it's all about. This is like I just want to make night. I want to make tell stories, but get, have the opportunity to do mad stuff like Jesus. This, lads, you know? we've made it now yeah, exactly. all the way to yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you burned a boat, didn't you? Yeah, we burned a curragh out in the out in the sea, and uh, <laughs> so the, the it was the final shot. It was mental. So like the whole town knew this video was going on. So there was like hundred people on the beach, and it was the final shot. And for some reason. Like I was so naive back then that the crew was tiny. I was doing producing it, ading it, directing it, Fuck. and decided to do this insane story where it's like a funeral where they're carrying these like a, Nor- a Nordic yeah, essentially like Viking Valhalla scenario. Yeah. And they're carrying a current through the the mountains of uh, or the hills of Dingle, and uh, at the end they pushed the current out and uh, set it on fire. Anyway. The Corrick's going out and the sun's coming down <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus, we are running out of light quickly. And uh, me and the DOP, Kev, like I said, work with a lot, got in a little argument on the beach <laughs> because it was getting very stressful and the Corrick stopped, the, the fire went out on the Corrick. So, oh, and the Corrick's out in the sea. <laughs> so I was like how do we light something that's gone out in the middle so of water I ran grabbed the big Viking. flaming torch that we had on the beach right? <laughs> ran into the sea right? I was up to my neck yeah. with a canister of petrol dumping it into Jesus. the boat like don't do this anyone <laughs> um, no health and safety on but Threw the flame at the torch into it, her exploded. There was petrol obviously sitting on the kind of skim of the water, came up like just caught my face, burnt Whoa. it a little bit. I oh, know, uh, came out, but like I got like a rapturous applause from all the the, the local townspeople <laughs> we were watching. But they, everyone was just like, Jesus, you're a, you're a mad boss, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Why you're in the Falklands? Why you're in the Falklands, <laughs> lad? Yeah. We don't do stuff like that anymore, it's no. all really safe now, yeah. 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 But um, the follow all the rules, uh, now. Yeah. we get ourselves into as filming as we yeah. Yeah, As we sure. start to work with producers, <laughs> it gets becomes less and less fun. <laughs> but that, but the, you know, uh, that's, that's the those are the wonderful experiences and the trials and tribulations. Absolutely, 
right? Yeah. It's exciting. Um, no, it is. It is. And there's moments when you're doing it where you're just like, you know, this is, I wouldn't, I don't want to be doing anything else, you know? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of the time you're kind of like broke and you're kind of trying to figure out what your next step is or which way direction you need to go or trying to navigate that kind of weird maze of how to make it or become successful. But <laughs> there are moments like that when you're, standing in, in on top of a hill and it's like yeah, yeah this is good crap yeah, isn't it, is, it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you wouldn't do it if there weren't those kind of moments because yeah. it is like it is just absurdly difficult yeah. <laughs> do you think you get better I, have you gotten better in terms of getting the balance where you know maybe i wouldn't do that again and nearly set myself on fire definitely <laughs> yeah. definitely i mean like I, um, yeah i think even the last yeah, because even when we started doing videos and projects together, I think we used to push ourselves kind of a bit unrealistically and yeah. like just running on like two hours of sleep and then going off and all that kind of stuff, which is, is a necessity at times, but I think we've got a little bit better at kind of going, I hear like, you know, let's just kind of actually try to take care of ourselves. Taking mm. the pressure mm. off yourself. Yeah. Well, like in, that, in those cases, it was no one else really putting the pressure. No, no that's it, yeah. And I mean, I think like as budgets and projects get a little bit bigger, Mm. It is definitely easier, like because the yeah. thing is, is like you just in the beginning you think you're, you think you're, it's normal to be the AD and to be going out and buying yeah, costumes everything. and doing yeah. props and set design, mm. and like you can still do that, and that's you know sometimes you have to, but it is a lot easier for the people to give you a hand. Yeah, uh, working yeah, with good ADs it's has who been you a surround big, yourself with, really, dream. isn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, that's what. I mean, yeah, kind of, and also yeah, learning to kind of build the crew that you like as yeah. well. That's a big thing because yeah. like. It's really trial and error, and I'm sure there's people that never want to work with us as well. Yeah, <laughs> most people. You've, yeah. you've built it like you mentioned, Kev. I was in college with Kev mm. as well, and uh, you've a few people around you. Like, how, how long did it take you to kind of build that team? Oh, that's I guess uh, like finding Kev was that was like finding a needle in the haystack, really. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody so committed to helping us. Um, I, and like he's he, he's such a kind of uh, visual person, obviously as a DOP, but he he knows what he likes, and he so he kind of a lot of the time when we're developing ideas, me and Nathan, you know, Kev is there pitching in, giving his two cents, and he knows what he likes to make and the style that he likes to film, and and we like that style. So, yeah. it, but to find somebody like that is a an absolute gift. It's like, so it really, hard. It's so one of hard. hard work. Oh, he is. It's insane. Yeah. Like, um. We joke that our job is to make his life as dif as difficult as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is. He's. Uh, <laughs> he reminds me of like if you were in the First World War and the gunner <laughs> who's just there milling lads out of <laughs> a machine gun. <laughs> Everyone's got PTSD at the end of the day, and he's just there singing songs, drinking a cup and, of tea, and then making you soup at the end <laughs> of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's got unbelievable stamina. Like because yeah. like some of the sheets we've been on, they've just been kind of madly scheduled as well. So we did a series of ads last year for on post again and kind of documentary style ones and we it was in the lead up to christmas so they were scheduled quite close together so like we were all over the shop mm -hmm. and we the final one was we flew to vietnam and shot there for three oh, days yeah, but we were so tired even getting on the plane to vietnam because yeah, we've been on a like a boat in the irc with the navy and all this sort of stuff it's a mad old week of shooting mm, yeah. it's about over 10 days and I think, yeah, like everyone had kind of started to just kind of not being able to work after yeah. all. But uh, he was grand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, he just loves it. He, he does love, love it. He yeah. loves what he does. Yeah. Sure. It was like, yeah, actually, I can't tell some of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> just like I strapping them onto the back of a moped in Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me and him were tied together. You weren't there, man. You <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah. I got lost. <laughs> Paul, you were in Vietnam recently, weren't you? Uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, I had a little. I, I cut myself somewhere in a tiny little scar. I got that in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Nam. Yeah. Yeah. You a, don't know. Man. It's incredible, though. It's like yeah. visually. I'd like we were just when we were there. We were like walking around Ho Chi Minh, just going, "Oh man, like it's all lit like a Wong Kar Wai movie already." Yeah. So yeah. you're just like. Just yeah, just, just point, stick it on the legs and go. Like yeah. honestly though, like yeah. it is. There's something about that idea where you're like, God, you could go so far over here, and they don't care yeah. <laughs> about like yeah. rules or safety or you know. Yeah, yeah. I I actually loved it. I was like, this is yeah, it's, it's kind of unlike anywhere I'd ever been. Ho Chi Minh is quite hectic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, do you kind of hire producers <clears throat> or production managers now that you wouldn't have done, or do you still kind of do a lot of that yourself? We've been working very closely with a producer of the last while called Seamus Waters. Um, he so he's with Bob now, so yeah, 
we had kind of had freelance producers yeah. in the past that we'd hire in a couple of the same people Aaron McEnany who works with Motherland now he produced um, the show yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great and then yeah so we kind of realised uh, with Bold Puppy that we needed to we kind of yeah it wouldn't make more sense to have our own producer and we'd worked with Seamus quite a few, on a few different things before and he's brilliant so yeah another kinda, absolute workhorse of a man <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. sleep <laughs> Chap doesn't sleep. Answering emails at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think those kind of relationships with good producers is has changed kind of a lot of things for us. But also, yeah, it definitely just working as a team mm. and like because you know you know yourselves, it's like you kind of need to be trying to put together loads of different projects at once. Like that's yeah. the the yeah. problem is like yeah. you have to have loads of different things mm. going on. And if you have a team where you can spread it out, yeah. um, that's it's a lot easier to kind of have stuff coming in and out, you know? Yeah, um, I often use that metaphor of uh, plate spinning, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know, you have several plates. I, might, I, I think I've said it about 17,000 times. Yeah. On this <laughs> yeah. It is true though, yeah. But it, 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 you know, it is that case of having some great people, hiring really good people, yeah, letting them do their jobs. Yeah. And, you know, and if a plate falls down, it smashes, you've, you have to concentrate on the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they're all at different stages. So you need, like, yeah. you need to That's have it. the ideas being developed and it. You never know how long that's going to take. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and then, like, so you're running a business as well. Mm. How how do you manage being filmmakers and also, you know, you, you have employees and art versus commerce. Yeah, yeah. That well, like that's a, that is a big theme though in reality. But mm-hmm. you know, it is because like there's times where you know we're like, oh, I just want to go and make this experimental dance film. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. That's a real project. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you just made it up. Actually, no, no, no that's a, that's we're, we're gonna do that. Uh, no, but yeah, I mean, it, like, there's a definitely crossover. So you know, yeah, I think it is definitely difficult to manage the business side mm. of it because it's just trying to get new work in all the time. Yeah. So I'm trying mm. to get in kind of like a big range of content so you know still have to do a lot of bread and butter con- corporate stuff and we're not necessarily out on those but we're trying to get them in and and then yeah continuing to kind of build our commercial career as well with agencies and stuff so I don't know how do we balance like I don't I don't know you don't really balance it <laughs> like, yeah, you know you just have to at the same time really, yeah. isn't it mm-hmm. um, but having the team yeah so like having Seamus now and we kind of even with the companies so I mean Kev Minogue is essentially part of the company he's mm-hmm. a DLP but He's in, you know, he works with us a lot. So, mm. you know, he is both as well. So, and we have um, an editor, Vincent McEntee, as well. Um, so, and we kind of like the roles definitely blurred, blur where right. everyone kind of just chips in. And like yeah. if we're pitching on stuff, everyone's sort of chipping in with ideas and stuff like that. And, or at least, you know, different elements of kind of um, the process of pitching because, yeah. I, mm. like, as, yeah, it's time consuming. When, when something goes out to tender, um, <coughs> and you, you spend you know, I, I don't know a couple of weeks on something mm. assembling mood boards whatever else mm-hmm. how do you deal with it when they don't bite on it and you're like uh, fucking two weeks man I could have went to Mosny or uh, you know or you whatever. deal with it better I'm, <laughs> I, I'm a I, bit of a psycho yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a day where I just start shouting and kicking yeah. stuff I do take I don't know it depends on the project but sometimes it's yeah, it's frustrating. Do, like, I mean, I guess really you know what it, it's annoying about the, the whole <laughs> process is, is that we have found out and like we've been privy to inside information a lot of the time that like I'm with music video commissioners or with um, corporate clients or whatever you're pitching on is that the decision has already been made. So yeah. you are literally spending, wasting time. Yeah, you're yeah. spending a week, two weeks creating a, a, yeah. a huge document to present to them, go in, maybe pr- do a presentation, but yet they've already picked who they're going to go with. Um, and why, how, do you have any insight as, as to how that happens? Yeah. It, it's, well, so the reason they, they, they have to get like numerous kind of treatments in is it's a boxing exercise. Right. So when it comes to music video, and like, I'm not saying they definitely don't all do this, no. but it, it, music video commissioners, it's a, that's a whole different world, I think, right. that we know a little bit about, but it's probably, probably they only truly understand how it all works. Right. But yeah, I mean, why do they do that? I mean, I think like I think as well, it's like, you know, with commissioners and with clients or agencies, they want to work with people who they can trust. So mm-hmm. if you've already worked with them before, that's they know that they can, you know, work with you. So and they know you can uh, deliver. Yeah. So I think sometimes there's that element where, yeah, they're like, oh, like, you know, we'd actually rather much just use these guys, but we have to be seen to be kind right. of 
making it competitive. So, so you've actually ha- ha- had that conversation where it's like, lads, you know. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we've not. You know, I've, yeah. you know I love your There's stuff. a pitch that I won't give any detail about, of but course, yeah. that we put a lot of work into. And it was really solid as well, Fantastic, I thought. And yeah. we've seen the thing that was made as yeah. a result of it. Yeah. And we're like, uh, okay, right. Yeah. We found out that essentially... Mm. They had chosen the, the, the director and yeah. the idea well before, but it was a they had to do it. They to had be to, go to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Don't," because we. But it was also they invited us in and they kind of strung us along. And I was like, "Don't bother doing that." Yeah. Like, you know, we can put in a document, but don't make us pitch to you in person. You know, it's yeah. like anyway. I was bitter about that one, but like, I think look, it's this is the nature of it. Though, so. well, it's par- mm. it's par for the course. Yeah, right? yeah. it's part of it. Yeah. But you learn, you get better as well. So like, I think we've learned, we learned what to pitch on and what not because yeah. we're like, you know, what are the chances of getting that? Yeah, especially yeah. music videos. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like a mate of mine says that <coughs> when you're pitching and creating a package for anything, really, I mean, the obstacle, like the task, is to do, like whatever about the the, the long game with something like that. But the task is doing the package well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the objective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever else happens after that is out of your hands. But yeah. you have to do that to the best. Craft that. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. To the best of your ability. And one thing, I suppose, there's value in that as well. I suppose one yeah. thing, and it's a hail mary. Then you know. Yeah, yeah. One thing about having done so many at this stage is that we've kind of streamlined the process to the point where it doesn't take us as long. Mm. Drag and drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, nice. yeah. You're creating templates. I mean, but yeah, I mean. I guess it's it is part of it, and it's an annoying part of it. But I, it, the other thing, the other side of it is the fact that your name is in there, mm-hmm. and you know it might be someone that you haven't worked with before. So yeah. now they know about yeah, you. Right. Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. they might come back to you and you, you ask you to do another document, and you put yeah. it in. Yeah, you might not get that one, but if you keep putting yeah. it in, yeah. I think they start to they see you. They start to maybe see your work could mm. become like you know learn about a little, little bit more about you you might be in with a bit more of a chance well, it's but. all about relationship building yeah. as well yeah, right? yeah exactly especially yeah. with big clients yeah. you know big agencies um, um, can you tell us about the film that you're bringing to Diff yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so we made a short film called Flickr um, and yeah I would like I suppose uh, it's kind of a 20 minute drama about a just a sort of typical 20 something Dubliner um, called Danny who gets assaulted um, on a night out and then it kind of explores his it kind of explores his reaction to that and his friend's reaction to it and um, yeah it's kind of you know we tried to do something that was kind of we thought was like really close to the kind of world that we remember in our 20s and some of the people we know now and just do something really naturalistic and uh, kind of in the vein of like Andrea Arnold or I don't know, is a, yeah, like Ken Loach, maybe. Mm. Or, you know, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Social realism. <laughs> Social realism, yeah, yeah. That's uh, kind of, we're definitely drawn to that. Um, I'm thinking Alan wise. Clark. The, yeah, yeah. The There's, yeah, and yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually a huge fan of Alan Clark. Shachi! I, I, just watched, Shachi! I just watched Made in Britain last week again, actually. That's funny. <laughs> I was, I, for yeah. some reason, Made in Britain came to my yeah. head. Yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love that film. It's amazing. Um, uh, and who's in this? Uh, so, yeah, we have, uh, so, yeah, it's actually, so, it, it it's kind of actually there's a lot of locations and it kind of moves through nightclubs and parties and stuff like that so there's actually quite a lot of cast so mm. the lead is Peter Newington and um, he is he's actually living in England at the moment um, but he's from Dublin and yeah he's done a good bit of theatre so he was really strong you'd worked with him before yeah um, I did a music video with him a yeah. few years ago and I just remember him being really <coughs> strong and kind of yeah, it's great that you're passionate. giving, you know, I suppose, new faces. Yeah, yeah. A, a stab at something as mm. well, you know? Yeah, I mean, we met a few different people and had a few different people in mind, but he really, it's just, he, he because the character, in a, in a way, it's, he's there's a passivity to him where things are happening to him and you want to see how he's, you know, it's kind of understated. I think Peter has a huge amount of emotion in his eyes, so that was the big thing, you know? So you, ca- like, you literally cast the face. Cat, sort of, no, yeah, in yeah. A good, but no, in a way, yeah, yeah, in a positive yeah, way, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, Klaus Kinski thing. He also, but so a big thing as well. So there was another actor, Sean Doyle, who's people are probably familiar with. He's in yeah. quite a lot of stuff. He's great. Um, so he played the kind of the friend character who it's put quite a big role. And then we had a range of people. I got a lot of people from Bow Street actually. So it was Robbie Dunn, Justin Enser, all these kind of Bow Street alumni people, uh, Quivel or Coburn Gray, who's brilliant. And then yeah. yeah. So a lot, good, a lot of people. Um, but a big thing that we were looking for was we wanted people who um, 
people who we could kind of improvise with. So like we, it was scripted, but we workshopped it a little bit to kind of you know shift the dialogue a little bit to be more naturalistic. But then we actually let them kind of go off script in a couple of quite a few scenes, and I think that's why. Did it work? It, yeah, it worked. Yeah, mm, worked well. Yeah, okay. I think it's very. I think the performances are really strong. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's... If I do yeah, say so myself. Say so myself. <laughs> but that's not us. I mean, yeah. we actually yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of st- stepped back quite a lot and gave them a lot of freedom. Like, Sean Doyle is, you know, and Peter Newton, they n- knew each other from Bow Street before and they buzzed off each other amazingly. So it was, there was a lot of kind of interesting stuff going on there. Tony where, as well. Yeah, oh, sorry, Tony Doyle as well. He's he's great. Um, he He's uh, he's actually an incredible actor as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So the future's was, good for for like you know that age group. You, yeah. So it seems like a real showcase of some yeah. of the talent that's out there. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, it's easier to kind of find actors that age as well because yeah. there's like some great actors and they're kind of just about they're just starting to get known a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, uh, Dara. Uh, oh yeah. So gosh, one guy. Uh, there was some we, non-professional actors in as well. Yeah, we, we uh, had a, we were doing some auditions in the Workman's there a while ago. I can't remember what it was for. It's for a music video. We do auditions in the Workman's for some reason, uh, <laughs> not because we're. Not, Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a, he works there. He's a barman, and he came in, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And we're like, "I'm oh, doing auditions." Like, Let me audition. And like, all right. I think we were we were just auditioning women that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I want to audition. And we're like, all right, firehead. We've nothing to do. So audition. We were chatting to him, <laughs> and he left, and we were just like, let's put him in the show. Yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Really, he's just yeah. like this kind of really gregarious character. Yeah, he's yeah. just like full of life, full of energy. So he made it into a good few scenes. Yeah. And he just completely changed improvised it. Yeah, it. but he, I thought it was really nice to have it. You could feel that, that he added to the kind of yeah. natural vibe of no, it a lot. Yeah. And like, well, but, that's who he is. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's he's, he's a lad in his 20s who lives in Dublin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the... So yeah, when we when we described what the role was, he was like, "That's perfect." <laughs> Session head, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sessions, football, football, yes. Parties. He's like, "Yeah, that's that's my life." <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's good. He's good. Uh, there's a scene in the film where he's uh, he's uh, completely off his face, um, harassing, accosting our lead, uh, which is interesting, and he completely improvised. And it's yeah. hilarious. It's story, like, yeah. We cut it, cut out a lot of it, but like <laughs> some of the dialogue was absolutely yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing as well. I suppose like it's, I guess it's exploring a sort of serious subject, but there's a huge amount of humor in it because that's kind of what we naturally found. We were like, if it's about a group of friends, there's so much humor among friends. Ah, you know yeah. what I mean? And then I weirdly, not to say we're comparing ourselves to Jay Meadows in any way whatsoever, but I will say that. But. Uh, I kind of felt like that. that's why, because I, I watch a lot of Shane Metal films, I always thought about how he managed to kind of switch tones so quickly and so naturally, mm-hmm. where, you know, he'll have incredibly dark, serious storylines, particularly in the miniseries he did. And then there's so much warmth and humour and kind of slapstick humour. Yeah. And I just thought, after doing Flickr, I was like, it makes perfect sense that that would naturally evolve from the scripts if he's writing about his friends, you know what I mean? Or about friend groups. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting because I think in a short, like if you're, you want to be careful of tone if it's like suddenly it's like there is a kind of lot of humour and then it's I suppose serious, with the naturalistic stuff and like yeah. you say with a group of friends you, you know we use humour a lot yeah. to kind of mask what's actually going on as well yeah, so yeah. so uh, that's yeah a big kind of part of it as well yeah but you don't want a huge tonal shift because no. the audience will be no, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what the fuck yeah, you know yeah, yeah, so you have yeah. to judge that and yeah, earn, earn that yeah, re- yeah. You know, really quickly um, when is it screening? yeah so uh, broke, third of March my microphone in the lighthouse. That's not. Okay. Hey. Uh, yeah. So it's screening at uh, VM diff. So one of the short programs. Yeah. Programs, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, yeah. Let us know closer, and we'll we'll give it a plug. Oh, again brilliant! That'd be great. Yeah. Was it self-funded or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, self funded. Uh, how was that? How was that? <laughs> yeah. was, Why, yes. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, so what did we do? We did a small um, Indiegogo campaign. So we raised okay. like a couple of grand and then we kind of put in, we saved money from projects yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then borrowed and then. Borrowed, yeah, and then just loads of. Burned some, burn some boats. Yeah. Yeah, burned some boats. Uh, burn do some do whatever, you, whatever you have to do <laughs> so to get the money, kid. Don't write a load of. House party scenes and nightclub scenes. Three house no party money. scenes. Yeah, I was going to say that. Didn't really, that must didn't have been really tricky. Stuff. Was it yeah. really tricky? That must have yeah, been really that was, tricky. That was that was tough. We, uh, I think we actually got away with it, but it was, yeah, it was that was because that was one thing we were really concerned about. Because that's with a small budget, 
doing a house party scene or a, or a nightclub scene can just look so yeah. naff and cheesy if you don't do it correctly. Yeah, um, but we've done it a lot with music videos, so mm. we, that was a kind of nice thing. It was like we're yeah. actually kind of know how to do this. Yeah, where and like that's a big thing with the party scene, the house party scene in particular. We wanted to make sure it felt like a real house party. Mm. So there was no kind of like. John, stand over there and then for the next take, uh, ah, turn around and a, give us the back of your bit, head. On there was a, a little bit of that, that yeah. yeah. But yeah. we lit the house party in a very specific way yeah. and we actually got a lot of extras in the end so we just got more money and we're like, right, we just have to, we, right. had, we had about yeah. 30 extras in the end okay. to fill in the house party. But the big thing was we wanted to keep it, actually, Alan Clark's a good example, we wanted to keep it kind of steady cam, floaty. Yeah. So there's no big time jumps in the, the final house party scene. He just kind of flows through and he's, you know, something's kind of happening to him. But he moves through all the different spaces of this huge house party and different music playing. So the, the sound design is a big intricate thing that we discovered yeah, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. That was, yeah. yeah, that was fun. So James Latimer did the sound design, who is brilliant. Um, he actually did, he did Stutter and um, Wave oh, yeah. with cool. Benjamin Cleary. Um, oh, cool. He's incredible, yeah. like an incredible artist as well with sound design. Um, so, yeah. The devil is in the detail. Yeah. Mm. Where does Big it fun. fit? Oh, you must have kind of a strategy or a plan for the next few years. Where does this fit and kind of what's the plan going? Like, is, will this kind of be hopefully a jumping board yeah. to more projects like this? Yeah. I mean, where does it fit? Funding, I guess, next? Yeah, I hopefully, mean, yeah. that's I mean, definitely, we'd like to, We're you know, there's other scripts there waiting to be put in for f- f- film I funding schemes and stuff like that. We've spoken about it as well and, you know, we're aware that that might take some time, obviously, so... I think everybody is is in the same boat with that, but we want to write scripts that are maybe just to keep the creative juices flowing, to keep... Because if you're just constantly waiting to get funding or for the opportunities like that to make something that you want to, I feel like you very seldomly are actually practicing your craft, right? So we've been talking about it recently, about how we just want to even... Nathan's been working on a script that's just set in one room, you know, and it's just a, a kind of a monologue piece. And we're just like, just even liking that and figuring out how to make that as interesting as possible mm. is going to just help us stay focused, stay warm. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm into we're both into short films as mm. a form in yeah. itself. Like, yeah. I like I love short films. Mm. I watch like a ridiculous amount of short films. And like, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, I we definitely want to be given the opportunities to make more narrative stuff and keep making the kind of work that we want. So definitely Screen Ireland or hopefully we'll factor into that. Focus shorts coming yeah. up. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to be sticking in stuff and also maybe some of the, the county council ones. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, at the same time though, I'm like, like I, I, the, the idea of kind of being constrained financially is sometimes great because you're like, mm. okay, well, what can we do with a grant? Can we mm. just go out and do something like a guerrilla style short and like some of the some of the shorts that my favorite shorts are like that, you know what I mean. So I'm kind of like, we can just keep making work without exploiting too many people. No, on the way. <laughs> no, but like, that's the thing. I think we'll probably continue to make work either way. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully, people will give us money. I hope so. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, thanks so much for coming in. Um, thanks so much. Uh, good luck with the screening and uh, keep in touch with everything. That's thanks going very on much. Yeah, drop us a line. Keep in touch. Sure. Let us know what you are.